Okay, welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age. They're wondering just how the fuck that happened. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. So for tonight, uh, let me do something slightly off the beaten path, a little different than normal. I'm going to change directions very quickly. Um, You might remember a few weeks ago in episode 19, we talked about James Bond and Ross the douchebag from Friends and how looking back, there's some chauvinistic shit that isn't really cool nowadays. Um, Well, today's topic is about how women and girls are almost programmed that they have to be sweet and sparkly instead of strong and smart. A little bit of a harder hitting topic. Um, But before we start talking, we have to talk about the beverage of the day. So, oh, what are we having tonight? Oh, excuse me, the beverage du jour. So please do, Jillian, explain what we are having this evening. Yeah, absolutely. The beverage du jour. We actually kind of went at this a little bit backwards versus how we normally do it. Usually we choose a topic and then we see if we can find a drink that kind of suits the topic in some way. Um, But today we chose the cocktail first and realized like what what topic could we do? And then we kind of looked through our list of like someday let's talk about this. And we found one of that our we kind of found out that one of our someday topics fit perfectly. So, and I'll tell you why. Um, this is one of Gina's favorite to- cocktails, and it's not even weird or hard to make or has, like, a lot of crazy ingredients. It doesn't even have anything weird in it. It's a French 75, or as they say in France, the Soissons I think that's how you say it. If I remember my French correctly, Soissons Um, The reason we liked this for this particular topic is that we ran across, Gina did, ran across the coolest little factoid that described this drink like this. French 75s are made with the standard pour of gin topped with champagne, so it's a strong drink in a sparkling dress. In fact, it's named after the French 75mm field gun, which was commonly used in World War I. Now, we didn't really want to get into the gun debate or anything like that, but we really liked that kind of strong drink in a sparkling dress and we sort of felt like that in itself really hit on a lot of things that we're going to talk about tonight um so the top the cocktail itself is gin, lemon juice simple syrup and champagne it's basically a tom collins with champagne instead of club soda it's delicious of course the recipe's on our website alwaysneverwrite.com what do you think I, of course, adore it because apparently I'm a gin whore. Um, but that's a true story. You are. You're the gin girl. <laughs> I, I think that's why your name is Jenna. <laughs> oh, it is in my name. Woo. Um, so, um, but no, I, I really enjoy it. And, you know, thinking about it even more, it's a very deceptive drink because it uh, kind of like it will very much knock you on your ass, even though it's pretty and sounds all girly. Um, that's so, true. T, um, I always make two and give one to T. And T came in a little bit ago and, and told me that he was um, what we in our family call round. After, in the last Star Trek movie, the one that Simon Pegg wrote, he uh, had the character at the end of the, of the movie, the really badass girl, which totally fits with our theme. She said, uh, you know, she had like all these cocktails in front of her that she had drank all of them. And she said, they said that if I drink this, it would take the edge off, but the edge is not off. So in our family, you drink something to take the edge off. And then when the edge is off, you're kind of round. So he came in a little bit ago and said, I'm feeling round. 
around. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of good. I also wanted to point out, like, I actually really like this. And I know a lot of you are going to remember how much I complained about Jin because I am not a Jin lover. But when Gina visited me not too long ago, we were at the liquor store and they were having a taste test of this incredible gin, which not only doesn't taste bad, it actually tastes good. And it's called McQueen and the Violet Fog. If you're a gin denier like I was, I highly recommend a taste test because this doesn't even taste gross like gin. Like, I, it's amazing. It's incredible. I I. I'm actually drinking it by choice. In fact, I suggested this drink. I said, let's have the French 75, knowing full well that it was gin, but only because I have a gin that I actually like. And after I came to from the fainting, I said, hell yeah, let's do a French 75. So, hell yeah. And at some point, I do think we need to somehow invite dear Gregory from that liquor store. To- Wouldn't that be kind of fun? He was very, very, he was very um, suave. He was suave. I like Gregory. Don't tell John. Um, um, no, let's make a note. Um, Gina is having a little bit of microphone trouble today. So if her audio is a little off, please excuse. Um, it'll be better by next week, we promise. But we didn't want to skip an episode for you guys because we know some of you depend on us. So um, you're welcome. <laughs> But yeah, I know I was I was shocked she loved the gin. I was happy she loved the gin, and I'm using a very different gin because once again I went to my go-to blue from Civil Alchemy because it makes me so happy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm sure you. But you also like that 47 Monkeys crap. <laughs> I like. It's not crap. It's spiced. It's awesome. It's, it's not spiced. It tastes like grass. Uh, it tastes like grass clippings and yuckiness. And uh, this. Tastes like love and America. <laughs> oh, are you saying I hate America? Come on. Okay, that escalates. Hey, man, you take whatever you want out of that. We'll move on because I love. But you liked my- this gin too. I don't. The, yeah, that that gin, the McQueen and the Violet Fog is it, it, fog is perfect, and McQueen is perfect because it's so smooth and handsome and viable and awesome. Did you say viable? I meant to say viral, which probably isn't a lot better. <laughs> viable. It's viable. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's hit our topic. Completely awesome. <laughs> let's move on to our topic. Let's do, because I'm embarrassing the shit out of myself right now. I like that story, though. I really do. I like it probably more than I should. Oh, yeah. That's okay, you know. Yeah, I, I'm willing to take one for the team. So I'm going to start with one thing that happens to women that will never happen to men. The one thing that I never, ever have heard happen to a man. Nobody ever says to a man, smile, it'll make your day better. You know what would make my day better when someone says that? To punch him in the fucking neck. Wouldn't that just be fucking awesome? I haven't really thought about that before. Thankfully... I work from home and I don't even leave the house really. And I think that's probably best for society, but I, I can't stand that. That's like one of like, why are you telling me that? I know. And nobody, 
ever tells a man. And and I was kind of going through some of my talking points for the week with T. And he's like, I've never heard anybody say that to a woman. And I'm like, are you nuts? Oh, my God. You haven't paid attention. And he usually pays attention because he's, I would say he's along the higher order of most men. Hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't put him on the hillbilly side or anything like that. And some hillbillies are very highly evolved. Oh, I know. Like I said, half my a good half of my family is hillbillies, and some of them are, are very highly evolved. Yeah, same. I have a lot of hillbilly in my family, so you know I don't absolutely want to trash hillbillies in any way because there's nothing wrong with that. But plus, I have to say, once yeah. again, Jerry and Tracy, hillbilly horror story is one of the best podcasts out there. Okay, agreed. That's a great podcast. Love them. They're so cute. Oh, They're I know. They're both cute though. They're just. They're the George and Tracy, or yeah, oh, the George and Gracie of our of um, podcasting. I thought you were gonna say Tracy and Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I was. I've had just enough of the French seventy five. It is deceptively honky. I love that story. I love the part when you get completely hammered and I don't. I know. Because it's so rare. <laughs> it is rare. I'm much more of a lightweight than you. I don't know why. I don't either, because that's not the way it used to be. But I'm more slurry anyway. I think I don't enunciate. So I'm working on it. I'm working on my enunciation. So we'll get back to your woke husband in a second. But um, I want to quickly point out that I'm apparently having all kinds of technical issues. Because um, once again, you are out of sync. And I feel like I'm watching a a dubbed Godzilla movie. (laughs) Takes me right back to being six years old and uh, coming home from kindergarten and turning on the TV to watch the afternoon theme week on the local channel and watching all kinds of Godzilla movies. Do we need to do a timeout while we catch up? Nope. I think it's just going to, I'm going to have to just half look at you. Okay. <laughs> My computer's yeah. fucked up right now. So why do you think, all right, let's get back to the topic. Yeah. So why do you think men feel compelled to tell women to smile? What is, what's to be gained by that? I don't know. All I can think is that, and and to our male, to our men listeners, I do not mean any offense at all, but I think men, not only are women conditioned to be the caregivers, but I think men are conditioned to make sure the women are happy. Mm. So a man okay. sees a woman not smiling, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> you so should smile. Girl, smile now. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Which... Um, <laughs> Reminds me, I'm sorry, another quick aside, but does anyone in our age group probably remembers Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer from Saturday Night Live? Yes! I love (laughs) Unfrozen Caveman. He was so funny, and it was so sad when he died. I know. It was, oh man, I still remember the day that happened and crying at work. Yeah, Phil Hartman was amazing. I thought he was incredible. I still remember. Okay, quick aside, then we'll slide back into it. I swear to God, I'm digressing all over the fucking place. Oh, you digressed again. You're going to make us drink all our stuff. Oh, my gosh. Stop digressing. Okay. Um, My brother-in-law used to do the best unfrozen caveman lawyer impression. Well, I must be a simple caveman, but even I know what da-da-da-da is. (laughs) (laughs) So, along with the nobody tells men to smile thing, you and I, I want to start with, like, girls and then move into women. So, you and I both have daughters, and one of the things we both did 
is we were very conscious of not hampering or hindering our daughters by saddling them with typical female things. One of the things I very consciously did was I didn't put those stupid bow bands on my kid. I didn't duct tape that or like not duct tape. What do they do? Vaseline with the bows on their head. I didn't do that. And it's fine if you really want your daughter to have those. That's okay. It's it's there's nothing wrong with it. I understand some people are really upset if somebody thinks that their baby's a boy or something like that. I totally understand that. It is it is a little disconcerting, I guess, if you're out there and your baby's there and somebody's like, "What a cute little boy." And you're like, "It's a girl." Mm-hmm. Obviously, they can't tell. But the other thing I did is consciously as she was growing up, I didn't put her in pink and purple uh, when she was at the age where I could just be like, here, put this on. (laughs) You know, (laughs) the very first dress I ever bought her was a little black and white dress that had red bow and little Scotty dogs on it wearing little red collars. That was the very first thing I ever bought her. I didn't buy her pink. I didn't buy her purple. I bought a lot of green. I bought a lot of yellow a lot of black and white. I bought some sort of off colors like maroon or orange or, you know, things like that. But as she got older, it was practically impossible, impossible to find something in little girl's section that wasn't pink or purple or had sparkles because she developed... (laughs) I'll say she practically developed a rash whenever she put on pink or purple. She didn't like pink. She didn't like purple. And I don't know if it was my fault because I never put her in that, but she decided to cut her hair short when she was five. She wanted to be, she wanted to have like a little pixie cut and that was fine. I was fine with that. I said, you have to understand people might think you're a boy. And she was like, I understand. She understood. And while she was in the chair, getting her hair cut, the hairdresser's, husband came in and said hey sport you getting your hair cut and she, I saw this little flicker on her face I watched so closely and probably nobody but a mother would have noticed it <laughs> but I saw this little flicker on her face and then she said I'm a girl my name's Millie and she just corrected him very gently and he's like oh okay so I kind of let her know look you know, if you want to wear your hair short, that's completely cool. You can do that. It's going to be much cooler and you're going to really enjoy it. But you might want to consider wearing like these real boyish clothes. You might consider wearing girl styled clothes, even if it's not pink and purple and sparkly. And then good luck finding not pink and purple and sparkly because they don't make it. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I hear you there. I made a concerted effort not to buy Nina anything pink because I knew everyone in the world would buy her pink shit right and left. Um, so I bought her lots of navies and reds and yellows and all kinds of awesome bright colors, which she ended up looking really good in. So I lucked out. She there. does look good in those colors. Oh, she does. She's gorgeous. She's got beautiful coloring. And anyway, out of grass. Um, oh, but- man. Okay, I'm going to try to start dinging every time I do that. Um, I was actually kind of relieved when she hit the age where purple became her favorite color. That's lucky. So I'm like, okay, number one, it's not pink. So I'm still avoiding that whole thing. But but purple is, uh, you can find it everywhere. It's like the second girl color. 
Yeah, but I would buy her lots of like, um, I, I mean, I did buy her, buy her some pretty dresses, but anytime I bought her a dress, I tried to make sure, except for my wedding, she had white organza. Right. But most of the time when I bought her a dress, I tried to buy it for her in a burgundy or some kind of deep, awesome color. Sure. And when I bought her purple, I bought her like sweatpants and t-shirts. Um, yeah. Stuff like that, which ended up backfiring when she turned 13, because all of a sudden all she would wear was jeans and T-shirts. And I'm like, can you at least throw a cardigan in? <laughs> you know, we benefited from that because we got a lot of your hand-me-downs. And <laughs> it was awesome, but Millie hated purple. So <laughs> all the things you had that weren't purple or pink were fine. Anything that was purple or pink, Millie was like, mm, no thanks. Oh, so no. we would pass it on to other kids who needed clothes. You know, it went to good homes, but Millie was not into that. But the nice thing was I was able to go to thrift shops and things like that, and I could look for things. And a lot of times I would look in the boys' section to mm-hmm. find things, but I would have to find things that weren't specifically boy. Because she wore her hair so short, she was very um, – she didn't like being mistaken for a boy, but she liked wearing her hair short. She liked having that pixie cut, which, you know, at the time, you know, Hermione wore her hair in a pixie cut and a lot of other like famous actresses were wearing pixie cuts. And so she was really into that, which was awesome. And as a mom, that was completely great because she could totally, I could wash her hair and dry it in one minute. (laughs) Completely fine. And uh, I never had to worry about her wearing her hair in a ponytail or getting sweaty. I'm like, if she's sweaty, I'll just hose her down and she's fine. It's all good. Um, but it was tough. I did find some clothing stores online, like the girls will be. Um, there were some really cool non, uh, non-gendered non clothing companies that were popping up. But even those, she was like, mm, I don't think so. No. You know, I mean, I think it's very important to let your children wear what's comfortable. Because I remember when I was a kid, well, you remember in the 70s and 80s, all of a sudden it was cool for girls to wear pants instead of skirts. I still thought skirts were the most comfortable. And I felt really awkward when I go to school in a skirt when I was really comfortable and happy and feeling good about myself. And every other girl would be wearing jeans. And I felt like I was so out of place. And I'm like, jeans are confining. Skirts, I can just let it all fly. That's okay. First of all, no. (laughs) Secondly, (laughs) there were lots of girls in my school that wore skirts a lot. I didn't like wearing skirts because if I wore a skirt, I had to wear tights. And if I wore tights, the tights hung down to like the crotch of the tights were like mid thigh. And that was so uncomfortable. But of course I lived in Michigan where it was six degrees year round. So that wouldn't work very well. That kind of brings me to another thing I was going to talk about you know, we talked a little bit about clothes, but what about Halloween? Okay. So Halloween, I just want to say real quick, it's not directly related to Halloween, but we have some down the street neighbors that I would love to get to know and talk to because one day I was driving home from work and there are three little girls who are coming out to play in the front lawn. Mm-hmm. All three of them were wearing superhero outfits. That's badass. And not, and they were wearing, you know, somewhat girled up versions of superhero outfits. But one of them was Batman. 
one of them was Supergirl and one of them was Wonder Woman and they just ran out there and were like doing these little fake martial arts moves and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, you're parenting right. Let them go be their best badass selves. Absolutely. I have a picture of Millie with a couple of friends and they decided to have a band out at the end of our driveway. And we lived in a really, like we lived in a street that was literally ended in a cul-de-sac. There was another street in between, but the cul-de-sac was like another block down. Our street was not a through street. You had to be, the only reason you were on our street is if you were either lived there or you were lost. That's the only (laughs) reason you were on our street. I love those streets. It was perfect. The only reason you were there. So they decided they were going to have a band at the end of the, at the end of the driveway. So she had her guitar. She had this little red guitar that she had wanted to buy with her Christmas money when we went to Toys R Us. So she bought this red guitar. She had a cape that she had, I don't, I think somebody just gave it to us. I don't remember where we got it. Somebody gave it to us. She's wearing a cape. She's wearing a dinosaur t-shirt, some basketball shorts. And then she had on her green eggs and ham. Uh, Converse, which were like my favorite Converse ever, because those were the most badass. Like I would wear those now if they had them for grownups. They were literally green eggs and ham. And she had on Elvis sunglasses. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. This kid has Elvis sunglasses, a superhero cape that was yellow on one side, red on the other, dinosaur T-shirt, big old shorts, and green eggs and ham. And she's out there playing her guitar, trying to get some money instead of having a lemonade stand. That's kick-ass. That's like the best thing ever. Millie's the fucking bomb. Isn't she the bomb? Yes. But that takes me to costumes. One of the things she wanted to be when you're for Halloween was she wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Ah. And I'm like, that's freaking cool. Let's be Luke Skywalker. Here you go. And everybody made fun of her because she was being a boy. The kids at school made fun of her because she was a boy. And I'm like, but she's, first of all, a Jedi. That means she could kick your ass. And second of all, she's like one of the most badass dudes in all of anything. And that's what Halloween's all about is being badass, right? Exactly. But she came home and she was really upset. And the same what, like the year she decided to be Gene Simmons. She was really upset because nobody knew who she was. Only your kid. <laughs> she was seven. She, she was no, she was eight when she was Gene Simmons. She's a badass. She was a badass at eight. She's always been a badass. Like, I don't even know how she's such a badass. <laughs> See, Nina was, was slightly more conformist, but with a twist. Like, she didn't want to be a princess. She wanted to be fucking Queen Elizabeth I. Because if she's going to be royalty, she's going to be the ultimate badass royalty. Sure. And she didn't want to be a cheerleader when Halloween. She wanted to be, uh, I can't remember what it was called, something like ghoul leader or something. So she wanted to wear like all black and be all gothy and everything. And I'm like, you know, good job, kid. Good job. Okay. Heck yeah. So do you have like a, I, how will I phrase this? Like a feminist icon um, costume from your Halloween's past? (laughs) The one costume I ever had. So I won a costume contest when I was in first grade. And I had seen a movie on like one of those Saturday morning things 
and I, it might have been the Bride of Frankenstein or something like that, but the Bride of Frankenstein's name was Gloria Gruesome. Ooh. So I wanted to dress up like Gloria Gruesome. My mom had this big, long red wig, and I wore that, and she painted up my face. So I was Gloria Gruesome, and I won the costume contest that year as Gloria Gruesome. Nobody freaking knew who Gloria Gruesome was, but I was scary. That was that was the closest thing I came. Like, I would have rather had something really cool. Like, yeah, I was totally Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> but no, it's not happening like that. I would do that now. By the way, if she's sick right now, I just want to offer up any of my organs, even if I'm currently using it. She's more important Same. in the world than I am. Absolutely. Hmm. If I'm a match, call me. I'm on the registry. That's right. I, I will totally, you know, you need a lung, that's good. You know what? If you fucking need my heart. I'll make, I'll give one for the team. She's a badass. And I will admit, it was a loaded question. I asked her a reason because I wanted to give my feminist costume. Um, and I hadn't even thought about one until you said you won a contest. The contest I won for, I had a non-gendered costume. What was it? It was a clown. But my mom knew I was going to this Halloween party um, thrown by the local VFW. Just for kids, we we all went and watched Frankenstein, all these classic horror movies, on eight millimeter film projected on the wall because I'm old, and um, we uh, mom decided she was going to make me a costume for the costume contest. And my mom used to sew for a living. Uh, she would take in every time she would get fired from the law office where she worked for being pregnant because she was pregnant a lot from between you know, the 50s and the 60s. Um, she would take in sewing and she would just always keep the scraps. So she made me this cool costume that was brown um, with these weird designs all over it. And she found this green curly wig on sale and she painted up my face and sent me to this thing as a clown. And I won for the best costume because she had made this clown costume so freaking awesome. She was talented. That's the only costume contest I ever won and anyone could have worn it wearing that outfit. But I digress. Sounds terrifying. It was really, I was like, well, you're afraid of clowns, so, you know. Well, I'm not a fan of them. You know, I wasn't a clown slapped me, but. A clown slapped you? No, wait, back up. We'll finish this and we'll go back to my Halloween costumes. Why did a clown slap you? Well, so when my dad was working at a library, they had a clown that was visiting and the clown was going to go see the kids. And so I was sitting on the bench next to the clown and we were sort of sitting there waiting for the clown to do his thing. And I reached up and pinched his nose. How old were you? Five, I think. Was John Wayne Gacy your clown? Probably. Okay, because that's bullshit. Anyway. I reached up and pinched his, like, went to honk his nose. But his nose wasn't honkable. (gasps) And he went and slapped my hand. (gasps) Oh. I went, ow. And he said, don't touch my nose. He's in the wrong profession. Oh, I said, okay, I'm sorry. Dude. Just, like sat there like totally chastened. Dude. What is she <laughs> so it's not necessarily that I'm afraid of clowns. I just don't like them. I think they're mean. Yep. Fair play. You know, you got petty wise. So that shit's not nice. Oh, I'm not nice. You yeah. said fair play. That's a drink word. Oh, yeah. Like, hmm. 
Oh yeah. Okay. So okay. So finish your costume contest. The two costumes. So that was a con- costume contest, but feminist costumes. I just remember my two favorite Halloween costumes growing up. The first one was Wonder Woman. Loved Wonder Woman. Linda Carter's Wonder Woman. I I just loved them. Like, oh my gosh, she it was a woman on TV who was a main character who had dark hair and was just phenomenal. Yeah, she was incredible. Yeah. And gorgeous. And gorgeous. And mom made me a Wonder Woman costume. And I'm the type of person that once I have a costume, I will wear it at every given moment. So I wore that Halloween costume all over the farm. All the fucking time. I was fertilizing trees in the uh, fertilizing trees that we were growing, wearing my Wonder Woman costume. I was out in the field, following Dad around in a Wonder Woman costume. That's what you meant by fertilizing trees. Yes. So, um, it was only supplanted by Princess Leia. Yeah. You know, you bought Millie her very first Halloween costume, and it was a Princess Leia costume. And I have, she was able to, because her head was so tiny, she was able to wear that for two years. <laughs> that was a very egotistical move on my part, I will admit. Because I'm like, even if it's her costume too, even if she's not even a year yet, she's going to love it. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. And I agree with you. Linda Carter was incredible and wonderful as Wonder Woman. And I know I've mentioned how my sister and I used to play Wonder Woman with my dad. Yeah. So that was exciting. And and I love Wonder Woman. And I actually really liked the new Wonder Woman movie. I thought it was incredible. Oh, my gosh. I was suspicious, but it was amazing. And Gal Gadot kicked ass as Wonder Woman. I was prepared to not like it because I liked Linda Carter so much. Oh, but hard, but I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm really looking forward to Wonder Woman 1988. I am too, and I am so proud of AJ because when we went to see Wonder Woman in the theater, because I'll admit I was the main person in our family who wanted to see that because I've been a Wonder Woman fan since I used to read comics when I was a kid for hours at a time, and I always loved Wonder Woman. And um, when I took AJ to that movie. He was freaking blown away. And every time we talk about Wonder Woman, he looks at us and goes, her name is Diana. I think we should call her by her name and give her proper respect. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, well, I'm reasonable. I would love it. It would be good. If when Wonder Woman 1988 comes out, you would come down and watch it with me. Okay. Is it coming That would out? be a really good, that would be a very good thing. I would like that. If it comes out, you know, I, I know we've talked about having a joint birthday celebration. Yeah. If it comes out around that time, we should do a whole episode about it. But I digress. Oh. Oh, look at you. We got a drink again. I know. My drinks aren't not that good. Oh, darn. More champagne. <laughs> but after Wonder Woman, um, and sometimes I would wear the Wonder Woman tiara. With the princess a costume. <laughs> Just, good uh, for you. Blend them both. Because representation man, matters. Is it called 1988? I don't know. Should we Google it? It's 1980 something. I'm Googling it right now. You go. You Google the shit out of that. 
1985. Wonder Woman 1985. 1984. Some, some things say 1985. Some things say 1984. I was 12 getting ready to turn 15 potentially. Or I was 11 getting ready. 12, 13. How would you be 12 turning 15? Maturity wise. <laughs> <laughs> drunk wise, you mean? I think you mean drunk wise. Yeah, French seventy five. Oh, get this! It comes mm-hmm. out. In, it comes out next year in June. <gasps> you are not going to believe this. What? It comes out June fifth. No fucking way! I know when? what I'm doing on my forty eighth birthday. Guess who else is in it? Chris Pine. And. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig? Yeah. Okay. Can we, I know it's not on the list, but can we segue to female comedians who are totally kick-ass? Sure. Okay. Kristen Wiig is a female comedian who totally kicks ass. She and she absolutely Kate, does. She and Kate McKinnon can do fucking anything. And if we're on SNL. And Tina Fey. And Tina Fey. And Amy Poehler. And if we're on SNL, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy and Jane Curtin and Gilda Radner. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes, I still need to watch her show, but oh my gosh. Jesus Christ, watch that already. I know. I really, it'll, take you, it'll take you a weekend. I really should be better about following your advice because you always give the right advice, which is yes, part I of do. the, it's one the show the name. the whole point of this podcast. I know. But, um, Phoebe, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, I will binge watch everything before you come on. I swear to God. All right. So I want to change the topic just a little bit. There was one thing we missed when I was talking about kids. And that was I wanted to talk just a little bit about toys. Toys for boys and toys for girls. There are these gender-specific toys that I think are complete and utter bullshit. If you go to Target, if you go to any toy store, they have gender specific aisles now there's a lot of aisles that are non-gender specific which is awesome but they have these gender specific aisles and even stuff like legos is gender specific if you look on legos for girls you'll see like the friendship sets and they like you can have the friendship pizzeria and you can have all of this friendship purple and pink bullshit stuff and if you look up legos for boys It's like the Star Wars set and the engineering set and all of these cool things that why isn't that okay for girls? Why isn't it okay? And I say that with air quotes for girls because this is not what girls want. Why wouldn't that be what girls want? No, because two things. Number one, when I was a kid, my biggest Lego want, I wanted the fucking castle. I wanted to be able to drop that fucking drawbridge. I wanted to have that gate that came down. I didn't care if it was pink. I just wanted the castle. Because Why'd you I, want the castle? I wanted to defend the castle. Oh. This is mine. I Not because you were a princess. No. Not that I was princess. I was going to defend that fucking castle. Um, yeah, I hated Legos because I thought they hurt. <laughs> Well, when you step on them in the middle of the night, yeah, they do. Yeah, they definitely hurt as grown-ups, but I didn't like them as kids because, like, when you take them apart, the points were pointy. Ah, 
See, I, I loved them because I loved building all kinds of weird ass shit. So did Nina, by the way. My sister did too. She loved Legos. One of my favorite things Nina used to do was she used to build all kinds of stuff with her big Duplo blocks. Yeah, and Duplos were cool. Then she'd um, do what I call Godzilla stomp all over them. And <laughs> she built all these intricate structures and then she'd just go and destroy them. And I'm like, you fucking go, girl. I'm so <laughs> That was always fun. I, I liked that a lot. Number um, two, the drunk housewives and I got together one night and we built the Lego NASA set while we drank. That would be fun. It was so awesome. And I was like, I learned so much about all these amazing women associated with NASA while I did it. And I'm like, why were these women, except for Sally Ride, which we knew from our generation. Yeah. um, I hadn't heard of any of them. I'm like, why have I not heard of these amazing fucking women? Until the Numbers movie came out, right? Mm. Hell yes. That was a good movie. Um. I want to move on. Okay. I mean, I'm, I know we're just like touching on these subjects and they're all important, but I think they're all just sort of like things I just want to, I think we're just sort of raising awareness. <laughs> Maybe. We're bonding with other women who have seen these. Yeah. I hope everybody's like, yeah, I thought that too. Fucking girl power. So here's the thing. What about the diva princess ideal? Everybody's like, I'm a diva. I'm a princess. And we're putting girls in, you know, we're teaching them that they're princesses. And you should be a princess and you should be this. And women hold themselves up as a diva, which, first of all, diva has this sort of negative connotation, if you think about it. An opera diva was always supposed to be somebody who was very talented, but also very demanding. And a diva is supposed to be somebody very demanding. A princess is supposed to be somebody who's entitled and all of this sort of negative connotations. And in in many ways, I think it's appropriate that they're negative connotations. But why would we want to have our people, our children, our women, other friends associate themselves with that? Why would we call ourselves a diva? Why would we want to do this? Okay. Two things, and I know I, I know I do this a lot by numbers, but I do have two things on this, one on divas and one on princesses. Go. Yeah. One, divas. Actually, my very first college major was vocal performance. That's what I went okay. to. Right. I went to university on a scholarship for, I scored the high, uh, seventh of the state on this one exam, and I had a musical vocal performance scholarship. So I trained for a period with a former member of the Chicago Lyric Opera. Okay. Diva to me does not have have a negative connotation. Diva to me is you have earned your fucking spot in that opera house and you are owning it. Okay. So I never, I've never seen diva as something negative. Um, Do you think the women who call themselves divas... This whole, I'm a diva, you need to treat me well. Do you think that that's how, do you think they've earned it? You know what? I think anyone who has rightfully, because uh, I will even give this to Mariah Carey. Uh, bear with me. 
when I was a senior in high school and had just earned that scholarship to that university where I studied with the um, former mm-hmm. person, um, Mariah Carey had just busted huge as a diva. She had a four octave range at that point. I also had a four octave range. So I'm like, okay. motherfucker earned it. So I, I no longer have a four octave range because I'm pushing 50 and fuck that shit. It's not possible. Sure. That's a thing. That's a thing. But I was like, go you, Mariah Carey. Now, now I think Mariah Carey's kind of ridiculous. Back in the day, but now she still considers herself a diva. Do you think that that's appropriate? I think she is no longer a diva. Um, my apologies, Mariah. I know you earned your shit early on. I think you're not there anymore, but I, I still think you're very talented. Don't get me wrong. I, however, still in some respects consider myself a diva because of my chosen profession. Because my family used to joke that um, music was the legitimate career option and attorney was the dream. But um, I became an attorney and I fucking rock it. I'm yeah, not, you totally do. I am an awesome attorney. And I'm a diva attorney. But I'm no longer a diva singer. I'm a good singer, but I'm no longer a diva singer. And that's okay. Um, but uh, I do think there's... Oh, hell, I don't know where I was going. Please interrupt me. When I look up diva in the dictionary, it does say famous female opera singer, a uh, famous singer of popular music, like a pop diva. But the third definition is a self a self important person who is temperamental and difficult to please, typically used of a woman. And, and I think that that's the common definition. And I think that's the thing that women are kind of saying, "This is me. I'm difficult to please. You need to try to please me." And I think women hold themselves out to be this type of diva, and I find that to be kind of disgusting. It's offensive to the true divas. And, and I say that as someone who used to consider herself the one and two definition of diva. Yeah, the I think that's true. But I think the number three definition is the commonly used definition almost more than the other two. And that's sad because for the people who consider themselves the one and two, the number three is offensive. And and that's sort of what I'm going for. I mean, like more people, you see these things all the time that say diva and princess. And I don't think they're talking about, I'm not a typical princess. I'm not actually royalty. I'm not actually an opera singer. I am difficult to please and temperamental. Mm. Oh, so going to my number two, princess. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's not technically a princess. She's a duchess. But let's all take a minute. And look at Kate Middleton and all of the times in public she has looked like she has been chastising the shit out of her children. Yeah, that's true. She takes care of them. Yeah. Half the time you see pictures of them, it's her looking like, well, get your fucking act together, you little numb shit. Yeah, (laughs) I do like that part. I love that. that part. But I have to say, the diva princess label, I, I just kind of abhor it. I know it's 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 demeaning. It is demeaning. 
why would you aspire to be difficult and temperamental? Why would that be your thing that I put myself, I hold myself out as being difficult and temperamental, therefore you have to please me. And I think this is something that's really detrimental to women as a whole, that there are all of these women who, first of all, they're the women who wear lots of bling, right? And I say that with air quotes. They're the women who have like this really long fingernails and like lots of sparkles and uh, like put sparkles on all their clothes. And those are the women who say, I'm a diva or I'm a princess and you need to make sure that I'm happy. Mm. That's fucked up. Make sure yourself, make sure you're happy your own self. That is fucked up because I, I, you know, I feel like I live in a progressive household myself as you do um, because my husband was very much like, you're the primary breadwinner. Mm-hmm. If you need me to stay at home with the kid for the first year, I'm totally good with that. I'm going to make um, less money than you do. So, you know, I'm totally good with that. Which my first husband, by the way, was not. He deeply resented that I made more money than he did. That's but, uh, but once again, I digress. Um, but uh, I did the thing. me. At the same time, I'm like, I know I'm a diva, but there are also, I, I see myself as a diva in the number one and number two of your definition. Because, motherfucker, I work my ass off, and I'm good, and I'm damn good at what I do. But do you know what I resent the living fuck out of? It's when I'm, okay, I may end up cutting a lot of this, so. Okay, do it. Okay, I'm saying a preemptive timeout just in case. I hate when I'm in a professional setting and a middle-aged white man goes, meh, you know, whatever, you're a girl. Um, And I've actually had that. My boss and I went to a settlement conference once um, and we sat down and... And I don't mean this as a ding on court reporters whatsoever, because they are fucking gods in the courtroom. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get me wrong, because they have to record all this shit, including terms of art that they've never heard before, and they have to figure out how to commemorate that in the transcript. They are fucking phenomenal. Um, But I was sitting in a settlement conference once, and an attorney looked across the room at my boss and I and said to my boss, why did you bring a court reporter? And they I thought you were the court reporter. They thought I was the court reporter, and my boss went, "What court reporter?" And then finally, it dawned on her what was going on. She goes, "Oh no, she's an attorney." And I'm like, "I can go to 20 years of, you know, 20 straight years of school from kindergarten to law school, um, to get called something." And and again, I don't mean this as a ding at all, but something no. that wasn't my pay grade. Because I earned this fucking pay grade. I worked my ass off for this fucking pay grade. I and hope I, you totally trounced him. Oh, my gosh. You know, it took a couple years, but I've totally kicked his ass in the room. Oh, good. Well, that kind of takes me to our very last topic. When men or anyone, this is something that I think is very... Um, I'll say denigratory to women. They hold the door. They say ladies first. I mean, you could literally just say, go ahead, or you first. 
it sort of implies that you have to be more polite around women versus just being polite around everyone. And I think that that's really wretched. Mm. I, I know. And I have men open the door for me a lot, especially since I've lost weight. They all want to be hyper. Um, and, and, okay, I know I'm being somewhat insensitive, but no, I'm not. It's how men react to how a woman looks. Yes. Since I've lost weight, I have men opening the door for me all the freaking time. Yeah. What I do is I hope it's a double door. Because if it is, when we get to the next door, I open it and I go, returning the favor. There you go. That's absolutely right. And that's what I would absolutely do too. And the very first time when I was younger and I moved from Michigan to Texas when I was young, um, the very first time I was walking towards a mall, I had parked my car, I was walking to the mall, and in Texas, they're very chivalrous, I'll say, which I'm not, I'm not saying is bad, and it's, and it's okay to hold the door for somebody. Because I'm in a big condition. Yes, absolutely, and I think it's okay to hold the door for somebody. It doesn't say, hey, you're not capable of holding the door yourself. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, this man up ahead of me held the door, but for me, the problem was he was really far up ahead of me. It wasn't like he was just like three or four steps ahead of me. He was a minute ahead of me. And he just stood there and held the door for me. And it creeped me out so bad. I thought he was waiting to jump me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of was like, oh, geez, I forgot something in my car. And I turned around and left and like turned around and went like I was going back to my car and let him just go in. And then I went like turned around and came back and went inside because he was so far in front of me waiting for me. I, I was afraid. I thought he was stopping to do something. It was creepy. So, you know, I think that I'm not sure we've totally made our point this time around. What we kind of wanted to say is there's this huge double standard as far as our popular culture about how women are treated versus how men are treated, but how girls are treated versus how boys are treated. And I don't know that there is any answer to it, but women need to practice being both strong and sparkly. I think it's okay to be both. Yeah. Yes, I, I like, like at work when I, um, when I do stuff, I want to be both, you better fucking listen to me because I'm fucking smart. But um, I also want to go, you know, I am still a woman. Yeah, and it doesn't. You don't have to be not smart and be a woman. Oh, you can recognize that without minimizing me. Absolutely. You can, you can recognize that without going, oh, gosh, I planted three months ago. I planted the seed with this guy. This idea might be brilliant. So he brings it up in a meeting later and he's heralded as a hero. Oh God! Fuck that shit. You know no. what? I'm I planted that seed, and you know sometimes I I think in some ways we're still at the point where we have to be, at least we're planting the seed and getting the result at the end, which sucks. I'm not going to deny that that's it does. That's way too close to my mother in 1960 being denied a an insurance certificate because they realized her name. Um. Let's assume her name was um, John, Johnette, and they 
misread it and thought it was John and revoked her insurance certificate. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. But, um, I mean, sometimes we still have to do certain things to get our point across. And that sucks. And it's not right. And why can't we be acknowledged as we are fucking valid and important and smart as men? And I'm very lucky because, and you're very lucky because both of our husbands realize that. Yeah, we have good husbands. We have husbands who don't marginalize the things that we do and don't minimize our contributions. Yes. But in the workplace, that still happens from time to time. And we have to figure out how to deal with that until we finish blazing that trail that our mother started. Yep, it does. Well... I think that we should just take this moment and thank everybody for listening to us every week. Um, thanks for joining us. I know this was kind of a round episode. <laughs> <laughs> no edges. Well, we got some edges at the end. Yeah, Cause, well. Because I brought us down a bit. That's okay. Mm. Um Let's see. Our website's alwaysneverwrite.com. You can see the topics for every episode that we have along with what we're drinking for that episode. And there's also links to our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and all of that stuff on our Contact Us page. And if you haven't already, please, please hit that subscribe button and um, tell your friends about us too. And if you have a few moments and you like what you hear, we would really, really love um, some feedback on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to. Give us some reviews. That really, really does make a difference. It really does. And so this has been a strong and sparkly episode of Always. Never. Right. I'm Jill. And I am Gina, and thank you again so much for making us a part of your week, and I apologize if I got a bit preachy, but that's what I do upon occasion. I'm an attorney. I My job is to spin shit. So <laughs> we, we will talk again more later, my dolls. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guiltiest sin assholes.